The episode you are about to hear contains explicit words. The opinions within are those of the hosts and in no way imply that anyone listening to this podcast agrees with anything we say. Please send complaints to this flippin' podcast at gmail.com. What up, listeners? This is Tommy Skinner, joined by Taylor Reese. We are the host of this flipping podcast. We've been doing this for like five, six years or something <laughs> like that now. I've lost track. This is apparently episode 114. Uh, we have not recorded in two months because sometimes life happens. Uh, tons of stuff has happened within the pinball industry. We were kind of just doing some bullet points before we started recording here because we don't do show notes. We just riff on each other back and forth as much as we can we wander off topic we just enjoy pinball uh if you're listening to the show after this many years you probably know how it goes by now but taylor how you been man? i'm pretty good um i've been busy the rail business has picked back up for uh once my kids go back into school um because i think we last talked august the 6th is that correct yeah, it was literally like the day before school started for okay. me. It was my last teacher work day, and this is my next teacher work day. Uh, and yeah, so I don't have kids here at the building with me today. Uh, I am in the building, so you'll probably hear some bells go off from time to time to signify a passing period. But I'm just sitting here monitoring my students online, and uh, we've been in school for four hours today so far, and I've had one out of uh, 27 kids log in and do any work. Nice. So it's going good, going good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm good. I mean, I've, yeah, like I said, uh, I started up the rail making again in, I think I started, my kids went back the end of August. And so I probably started up at the beginning of September. Cause I, I usually start around labor day because the weather changes. My kids go back to school. Um, so that has just been keeping me super busy. I've been playing a lot of Avengers. I feel like I finally have a handle on most of the rules. I actually have a question for you that maybe you can explain to me something. But um, so yeah, I've been doing that. I've obviously like I've been keeping up with what's happening in the pinball world as much as I feel comfortable with. Um, and yeah, there's been a ton of stuff that's happened since we spoke. And so, yeah, I, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I think, I think the first thing we should talk about is, um, the deep root situation, just so we can say that we said something about it. 
Uh, Deep Root. Uh, let's see. Let's go back. Uh, when were they founded? I don't know. Two, three years ago. I think it's longer and than from, that, probably at this point. Probably. I've lost track of all time with the the whole COVID situation. But uh, I'm pretty sure since day one, you and I were like, "Oh, fuck this guy and fuck this company." <laughs> yeah. Except for Steve Bowden because he's cool as shit. So um, <laughs> we we got bad vibes from day one. Yeah. Because the dude came in and said pinball was easy. And as members of this hobby, you as somebody who's running a small business providing parts for people that go into restorations, me having done a couple of restorations, we know how fucking hard it is to make a game when we already have everything there. Like you're just reassembling and assembling. And this dude was talking about designing shit from scratch, updating <laughs> things, modifying the entire industry. Hey, John Papadou. and. Yeah, I mean, man. His first, Papa his Duke, first like, hire it was just nothing but red flags <laughs> the entire fucking time. Oh, but I'm so glad that there are certain podcasters out there that 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 saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> I, oh man! Oh wow! I, yeah, I, and I, I do. I mean, we've got a couple friends who did send in a little bit of money. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they're protected because, like, that's the thing is, like, this is such a close knit community. We don't want to see anyone getting screwed yeah. over, especially because. Most likely, it's somebody we do know and it's somebody we do care about. Um, you know, I, I hope that I'm sure there were good employees there who were really excited to be working in pinball. Because realistically, if if some pinball company for whatever reason came to me today and offered me some sort of position within a pinball company, yeah. it would be really hard to turn down. Because like I, I truly love pinball. You know, I don't know what sort of skill set I have that could actually apply to a pinball company, probably a, a next to nothing, but I can understand why people would want to have that opportunity to work in pinball and would be all excited about that and how you would, you know, throw caution to the wind and potentially overlook some red flags. Um, I work in school. I can tell you in hindsight, like, I wish I had listened to other professionals about how not fun the teaching industry is. <laughs> But, you know, I ignored the red flags. I went into it anyway. So, I, you know, I, I get it. Um, but the bottom line is I already forgot the dude's name. But whatever the, the dumbass owner of the company is, I, I hope he rots in jail. I hope all the things that happened in jail happened to him. <laughs> and uh, I hope our friends get their money back. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I feel bad for anybody who got in in on any level. And, I, yeah, hopefully they just get their money back. I I. I hate like seeing people like crap on people who it's tough because, you know, it's like the more people who buy into it, the easier it is for other people to buy into it. And I think that that's the thing that that's the thing that bothers me the most about how it affects the hobby is that you do have people who kind of turn on each other because of that, who, who are simply just hobbyists. Right. Um, I mean like the pin side threads were, I mean, people just, are just nasty towards one another. And it's kind of like when it comes down to it, you had a person who was running a scam and, you know, the red flags were up. I mean, I going back to Texas pinball festival and seeing all the banners of deep root sponsoring the Texas pinball festival, but they had zero presence. Like that's, that's kind of a big, sign that something is really off with the way that this company is being run. And I mean, I, and, and one of the things, I mean, in, in this day and age of like too, too much communication, when you have companies or you have people who entities that are calling themselves companies, especially in this hobby, 
that don't communicate well. I mean, I, I certainly understand like there's an, there's an idea of like, you want to like, um, keep things under wraps for excitement purposes, but it's one thing to like prevent a leak. It's another thing to just not like disseminate any information whatsoever. And with the way that deep root was being run, it was just kind of like the smoke and mirror thing. I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people did get wrapped up in it because they were excited about the project or they were excited about being in on something. But that's also kind of that's also kind of tough too because then at some point it's like, well, were you in on it or were you cuz if you were in on it and you and you knew shit was going on, I mean, you know, that's the thing I if somebody asks you to sign an NDA and you see some shit going on that's not great, like I don't know. That's that's a tough situation. Like I would never want to be put in that position. But I can also understand like if you feel like I said, if you feel like you're going to get some inside information and then you uh, find out that that inside information isn't great, like, what do you do? I don't know. It's tough. But, um, yeah, he's a piece of shit. And, uh, yeah, I want to say that we called that a long time ago. <laughs> we yeah. I don't, us, us and the Buffalo pinball guys. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, look, like, I don't think any of us are geniuses by well, any means. Well, I, I don't know. But, I'm, but I'm I don't feeling think you had pretty to be a smart today. to see how that was a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> I figured out. I explained to my daughter yesterday how to determine percentage, and I um, I felt pretty good about that. So, and then I and then I had to check with my older daughter to make sure that I had not screwed up my younger daughter's education by steering her in the wrong direction. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, buyer beware, man, all the time. Ever, anytime, buyer beware. If somebody's asking you to put money up front for something that they're, they have nothing to show you, buyer beware. Like, I know that with my business, I don't take money until your rails or whatever I'm making for you until it's done. Like, until I have something for you, I don't want anything from you. Like, if you, I, if I need your money to make your thing, just buyer beware. That's that's it. Um, yep, I, I totally get that. All right, so deep root, and I appreciate it because I think I should be getting my cheetah rails any day now. Your cheetah rails should be there at any time. Yeah, I finished up. Oh man, it was crazy. I finished up. I did like uh, I posted, and then I I got a big order from high end pins, um, and I send him rails. I just send them to him raw, so he paints them because he's all, always set up to paint and. So I think I did like maybe a dozen rails for him. And then I think I shipped like 35, 40 sets of rails in the last two weeks. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, crazy. But, um, but yeah, so that was good. Um, uh, so yeah, Deep Root sucks. They're gone. Uh, They're gone. On, on a more positive news yes, out of Texas? yes. Oh. Uh, a friend of the show and former guest. Oh yes, Doctor Phil got married. So I just want to give them congratulations. A congratulations. Yeah, I got to uh, I got to go down. I made a whirlwind twenty six hour trip from Indiana to Houston. Uh, flew in, went and played some pinball at Cidercade. Uh, went to the wedding. Went back to the hotel very late. Got up very early and got back on a plane. Um, 
uh, Chris and Raleigh were kind of nice to give me a ride back to the hotel after hanging out. Like the whole Houston pinball scene was pretty much at the wedding and they were super cool in embracing me and letting me hang out with them since I didn't really know a ton of other folks there, except for I, I did eat dinner with like a, a very nice 75, 80 year old couple. Uh, I have uh, realized I am officially old like you <laughs> um, because I, I went that that happened to me at Houston two weeks ago. And then uh, my flight, I was I flew to South Carolina this past weekend to uh, do like a little bit of a college reunion with a couple of my former roommates. One of them bought his first house. So we were doing a little celebration. Nice. And my flight got delayed and uh, a very kind 81-year-old gentleman asked if he could use my phone charger and then proceeded to talk to me for three or four hours. So uh, it's cool. I've, I'm embracing the oldness. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm, glad I could, uh, I, I'm glad I could soften you up to the older generation. Yeah, yeah, you were a you were a good like stepping stone, a gateway <laughs> into Christ. into the experience. But no, it was really funny. I told Alyssa, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I've <laughs> just accepted that I'm old because the last few large settings I've been in, these old people have flocked to You're me. You're not and I old. Felt fine with it. You're not old. It's uh, my beard's getting pretty gray. Man, oh, so they oh, oh, okay. Maybe that's yeah. it. I I shave all my gray hair off, so I am just yeah. You're just old, but you don't look uh, it because you're you're in such fine, tip top shape. You know, I I'm not in bad shape. I'm training for a ten uh, mile trail run in December. No, you don't even have to train for those. You can just go do them. Well, I know, but I I don't <laughs> want to like I I don't want to feel like total garbage afterwards. Oh, that's a good idea then. You should train. Um. So and I'm old. So I'll be turning fifty in February. So take that, young person. Um, yeah, that is that is that is pretty old, man. But you're doing good. Thanks, so. I appreciate that. Um, but I hey, I have a question about Phil's um, wedding. Yeah. He obviously they had a amazing custom pinball machine. They there. they did. I want to hear about yeah. that. So uh, Phil has been working on that for a very long time. Um, I was able to like help look over photos of it and stuff along the way. So I, I've known about this. Um, but it was a rethemed Gorgar. Um, that's all it was, was a cosmetic retheme. And he did turn on um, different dip switch settings that kind of altered the sounds. But they were it's factory. It's just not the sounds that you typically have on Gorgar. So uh, he worked with some different artists. And the cabinet was decals. It wasn't stenciled, but it was done to look like a stencil. Uh, the The name of the game was... Felina, which is a combination of him and his wife's name. And um, it basically like kind of told their story through the playfield artwork. Like they have Vespas, they have cats, they have a dog. And like all of the stuff that's part of their life was incorporated into the playfield art. It was incredibly well done. Um, and the reality was like most of the, the pinball crowd at the wedding ended up hanging out over there and playing dollar games on it. I, I think I lost $3 to the Houston scene. Uh, a little disappointed in myself, but I also hate Gorgar, so <laughs> it wasn't a surprise that I didn't do real well on it. Um, what and so Phil actually did the he did the retheme, or did he work with? Somebody? Yeah, he he worked with some artists that he found online okay. to do the actual art, but he did all of the work. That's awesome. In, in converting it, restoring it. I mean, he's literally been working on this thing for like I want to say two years almost. Wow. Um, but again, I've lost all track of time, so yeah. who knows? That could be way off. Uh, and it was coming down to like the nitty gritty on getting it assembled and like playable in time for the wedding. So I know he was like busting his butt in the weeks leading up to the wedding to do that. So it was, so he gifted himself a pinball machine for his wedding gift. Is that 
basically what happened? Uh, I think it was more like just to be entertaining, okay. to entertain the crowd. Like it was, it was cool. I like that I idea though. It's, like, yeah, it, it was. It was it was very well done. Um, there's I know some pictures went up on Instagram, and I think maybe a only customs like pinball page on Facebook too did some coverage of it. Um, I'll talk to Phil. He and I got back from his honeymoon at this point, but I'm sure they're kind of adjusting to to married life. I'll give him some time, but we'll get him on here sometime to talk about the project. It was it was really neat to see the evolution of it, and uh, like obviously Gorgar is a Williams game, but instead of it saying Williams, he changed the name to Philliams yeah. all over it. Uh, but in the same art style, uh, it, it was it was beautiful. Like the game was beautiful. It's still Gorgar, you know. Oh, there's the there's the bell. Oh, all right, everybody, go to class. Go to class. Yep, that's all typically right. that's typically I'm heading to lunch. We right should now. use that to just change topics. That works. Yeah, topic change. Uh, while we're still on Texas, <laughs> can I can I go into my exciting purchase? Though? No, sorry, we have to move on from Texas. Damn no, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I actually have one more question about the uh, Phil Philina's game. Yeah, did go ahead. he do a hard top style playfield, um, or how did he do so, the playfield? He yes, essentially okay. is kind of what he did. We'll get Phil on to talk um, about it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the details. I know there was a problem with whatever he initially used, which I think was like a decal to cover the playfield. Okay, and then it ended up lifting up, and he had to like redo it all. So okay. Um, I think he ended up going with some sort of a heavier decal and then a playfield protector over that ah, gotcha. instead of an actual hardtop. Okay. Because um, I don't know if hardtop had done Gorgar at the time he was like doing all of this. I just didn't know if he had uh, found like a source for somebody who could do a uh, hardtop yeah. style one-off or custom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I I wish he did. Yeah. We'll, we'll get him on to talk okay. about it because I recently bought um, an old play field of a game that i really like that was already sanded down with the idea of doing a custom retheme oh nice so, uh i also am interested in the whole process so we'll get phil on right. and we'll have a, a long episode uh that discusses the felina machine all right so what uh houston you something happened in houston. uh houston i did go to cidercade i did get to play heavy metal meltdown oh uh, or not heavy metal meltdown but uh heavy metal mm -hmm. sorry from stern yeah um and that was really fun. It's like the home pin layout that they had used on a few other games, but built into a full-size cabinet with a DMD display. And I just want to say it was really fun to shoot. I didn't totally know what I was doing, but that's a fun layout, which does get me excited to yesterday's news as they unveiled the Jurassic Park pin layout, uh, which I think Jack Danger basically did, it seems like. Um, I didn't get to watch the stream last night, but it seems like they were going to stream it and talk about it at least. Uh, it looks cool. Those layouts are very fun. Um the pricing at 4500 is awesome. I just wish they would put like a full coin door on it so operators could use them, but I know that's not their target market with those machines. Uh, anyway, the layout on Heavy Metal was fun. The pricing at $8,000, I would never buy one, but it was cool to see one on location, so thanks for Cidercade for putting that out there. Wait, that's that was an $8,000 game? Oh, yeah. like That was $8,000 like two or three years ago whenever they announced that thing. Yeah, it had crazy pricing. That's why they didn't really sell a ton of them. It's kind of like it was up there with like Beatles and the Kapow titles and stuff. But it was a, it was more of a home pin style. It used the home pin layout that they had used, I think, for um, Spider Man or maybe Jurassic Park or, or Spider Man and Star Wars, maybe. Oh wow! Um, the layout was similar, but then those games had different displays. This had like a full and it had more code in it too. It actually had like modes and stuff. But yeah, wow. it was a. It was, I mean, it's no different than like the uh, Wonelli being Pabst and Primus, you know, 
reuse your reuse your layout as much as you can and but to but to use to use a plot like to use like a lower end platform yeah i think that's what supreme was too actually i'm pretty sure yeah but uh, supreme i mean i guess i, I yeah supreme yeah i mean that's what it was it was a contracted game you know oh so. okay okay yeah, so i can it, see that so it was a contracted game so it's a lower run yeah very and tiny then the pricing run, is controlled by whomever is actually selling it right I mean, partially by them. I think it's partially by Stern being like, well, if you're only going to do 50, it's going to cost us this much because, you know, you're not getting parts in bulk and that sort of thing. Right. Okay. <clears throat> but, okay. Did, but do you know if Stern set the MSRP on that or was it the company that? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall. I just was glad to see one because that's not one you're going to get to yeah, see that, often. Oh, oh. oh, that's the end. All of right. The that's it for okay. our um, yeah. heavy metal talk. Yeah. And then <laughs> while we're still in Texas, I uh, ordered. I just checked the date on it because I was talking to someone earlier. I ended up ordering a uh, a multimorphic P3. Very nice. Uh, about roughly five and a half weeks ago, six weeks ago now. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six full weeks ago now. Um, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I know Godzilla just came out and like, as members of the cult of Elwin, we're obviously going to spend a lot of time talking about that and about our hypeness. Yeah. Uh, I just picked up my Godzilla last night and got it set up in the bar. So we'll get into that. But I, I did just want to say, like, I finally took the jump. I ordered a P3. Um, I know we had Jerry on years ago. I know I've done at least one full episode about the P3 where me and I think it was when you were taking one of your sabbaticals. And me and AJ just talked about how much fun we had playing it at Texas Pinball Festival. Yeah. Um, and with the recent price increases all around the pinball industry, suddenly the P3 was looking like more and more of a bargain. And there's, I think most famously, uh, our friend Nick Baldridge has designed a few games for it, mm -hmm. which I just find really interesting and really cool that people are out there doing that. And then as I kind of started looking more and more into it, there's a lot of people that are working on projects. Nick's just like a mad scientist slash genius who works a little bit faster and stuff. Well, he works a lot. But he works a ton. He works He's incredibly a lot. busy. Yeah. And you just suddenly see like the floodgates opening on the potential of this platform. And with the other price increases, the price just didn't seem that crazy anymore yeah. to me, which was always my biggest, like the biggest thing holding me back. Um and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be putting it on location. So we're gonna be one of the few places in the country that has one on location. So I'm really excited about that. They do have a new licensed title coming out. Um, Jerry was just on the Backbox Pinball podcast uh, a week or two ago, and he was talking about that. Their newest theme or the newest play field that will come out is going to be um, a licensed theme, and there's really been no hints as to what it is. Super tightly kept secret outside of the fact that Scott Denise is doing the music for it. Mm. Uh, so I have no clue, but I am really excited about that. Uh, I look forward to it. I know that that platform has a lot of haters and doubters, and it's not traditional pinball. But at this point, I think it is going to be uh, something I really appreciate. It's something I, I'm really excited about the ability to potentially design something that could go into that system. And I'm only stuck designing like a third of a play field, which makes it a little easier on me. Um, reading and following along Nick's pin side thread is his design process. And I'm in a, a Discord channel where he's sharing some other information. It's it's really interesting to see how that dude's brain works way faster and way better than my brain does. Uh, 
but it's just an exciting platform. So that is like the number one thing I am excited about right now is that P3 coming. And that also comes from Texas. So like, although Texas passes some really bullshit laws and they kind of fucking suck as a state, <laughs> uh, it's also, they have some cool shit coming out, like Phil getting married in the P3. So sorry, Texans. People are awesome, but some of your laws just fucking blow. Um, Indiana's not much better. Trust I was, was going to say, say, like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, we're a cool state or anything up here. Trust me. <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're, we're probably copying and pasting your law right now. We're just slower. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, I don't even want to get into that. But, yeah, um, that's all we need to say about it. Yeah, I think the, the P3, I, I think, uh, I think a couple points you brought up, like the pricing coming in line or everybody else's pricing now jacking up. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely is making the P3 because it's a platform. It, it makes it really appealing. Um, yeah. So like, I, I just wanted to double check the, uh, website so I can like confirm. So if you order the P3 with one play field, it is $10,895. Mm. And that includes the back box display that wasn't in the, like the original models when we started covering them years ago. Yeah. Um, so that that is basically like your LE pricing now. Yeah, that's true. Or real close to it. Um, but then if you add in two play fields, it goes up to thirteen thousand, and three play fields, it's at fifteen thousand ninety five dollars. So let's say fifteen thousand one hundred dollars. But when you start breaking that like down per game, I'm now looking at like five thousand per game, which is less than a Stern Pro mm-hmm. at this point. And then if you look at just like just the playfield kits, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find where exactly they're at. There they are. The game kits. Um, the most expensive one is Heist at two thousand seven hundred and fifty. So like you know whatever the new license game that is coming out from them is most likely going to be in that twenty seven to three thousand dollar range. And then I'm looking at like half the price of the cheapest Stern I can get. Yeah, to update to a new machine, and then that whatever that physical machine is, people can end up redoing software, like we've just seen with them announcing Sorcerer's Apprentice last month. Um, it's just got me really intrigued. And again, it's not that the system has changed itself. I I already really liked playing Cosmic Kart Racing and Lexi Lightspeed. I had a good game on and enjoyed once. I just didn't know exactly what I was doing. Um, it's just the fact that there continues to be this development and expansion of the system and their pricing has remained the same even through COVID. Um, whereas everyone else has shot up and it doesn't mean they aren't having issues, you know, sourcing parts, all the stuff that other companies are having. I know someone who's been waiting over a year for a Deadpool premium. They ordered because Stern was going to run them and Stern just keeps posting, pushing it back as they release new games and they just don't get to that next run of Deadpool premium. So there's people that are waiting forever for games from all sorts of companies but the, the P3 just started to look like a better and better deal um, to me when I started breaking it down, like cost per game. And I am I'm just kind of like morbidly curious about how it will do on location. I don't know my location largely catering to casual people. If they'll look at this and they'll say, well, obviously this is like the, the newest thing here because of the display and the screen and how it's going to stand out physically from other machines on appearance, you know? Or if it will do terrible because it's not traditional pinball and people don't grasp it. I'm curious to see what happens. But either way, I got to the point where I was interested enough. And uh, having sold the the Volton that I restored, 
um, I had the money for it, and I uh, decided it was time to take the leap. So that's what I'm like super hype about right now. And what I'm sorry, what did you say? What kit you were getting, or like what playfield you're getting? I am a hundred percent getting heist. Okay, I you might am, be getting another one. I'm gonna go with the three playfields. I'm just trying to figure out what ones. Okay. Um, based on when I ordered, and <clears throat> like they said, I think when I ordered, I was quoted twelve to sixteen weeks before delivery. Yeah, um, because they build them to order. And the reality is they've started to sell more of them, but they're also having the supply chain issue. So there's multiple reasons it's taking them a little bit longer. I had been thinking about it for like a few weeks. And if I had ordered like from the first day where I kind of reached out to Jerry and was like, hey, I'm thinking about this, you know, should I do one? I think it was only like a six to eight week wait at that point. And I ended up pushing it off for like, you know, several weeks while I finished up Volton before I got it sold and confirmed that I wanted to do it. The 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 wait had extended to 12 to 16 weeks. But uh, Heist, I'm definitely getting... I did get to play it um, at Pinball Garage in Cincinnati. It had some issues. They had a something was broken on it, so it wasn't actually out on the floor. But the owner was there, and he was nice enough to let me in back to check it out. Um, so that was really cool of them. Pinball Garage is a really cool location. They also have one of the only Legends of Valhalla from Riot Pinball on location, and most likely coming to you from another company soon. We'll see. But um, yeah, so I'm definitely doing Heist. That was really cool. I've been watching Kevin from Buffalo stream it and a few other people play it and talk about it. Um, Cosmic Kart Racing, I am very interested in because I enjoyed that game a ton when I played it with AJ. Yeah. And that, I believe, is the play field that is now used for Sorcerer's Apprentice. So that gives me like two full games on one play field. Yeah. And then most likely whatever the new license theme is. And I will hope to add in Lexi Lightspeed somewhere down the road. Because the new license, just hearing Jerry talk about it, uh, Jerry is very much a, an engineer by trade, and he's very much of that personality. Like he's not somebody I've heard have a lot of excitement, and I could even hear the excitement in his voice when he was talking about this new license game that's coming. That's so, cool, man. In turn, that makes me excited. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, that is something I'm hoping it gets here. You know, around Christmas time, if not early into the next year. And I'm excited to see what people think of it on location. You know, selfishly, I just want to play it, but I'm excited to see how people respond to it as well. What's a process um, like with ordering with them? Like, do you do a deposit? You go to their or, website, yeah. multimorphic.com, mm -hmm. and you submit a $1,000 deposit. Yeah. And then refundable or non-refundable? I do believe it's non-refundable. Okay. Yeah, which I like because I'm kind of getting sick of all these people putting deposits on games to see if they can flip them. Mm. And then deciding if they should flip it or if they should just ask for a refund and get out of it. Yeah. Um, I get that. So please note, yes, the deposit is non-refundable and will be applied in full to your final payment. And then we'll contact, I'm just reading the website right now. We'll contact you for your final uh, payment when your machine enters production. Wait times vary, but current estimates are 14 to 16 weeks right now. That's And um, that's from order to receive. If you were to order today, yeah. So if you order today, you should you're looking at 14 to 16 weeks for your game to arrive. Yeah. Okay. So what? Three and a half, four months, basically yeah. something like that. I mean, um, if that's, I, I look, the supply chain, like you said, is so fucked up right now. I mean, Oh it's, yeah. On like everything. We can't get the right size to go cups at the bar. Yeah. We can't get certain brands of liquor right now. Like it's, it's crazy. It's all over the place. Uh, um, but if you, if you are curious, you want to check it out, 
Um, Buffalo Pinball has been doing a lot of streaming on the P3 this year. They have done Heist and Sorcerer's Apprentice on their on their like official episodes, I believe. Um, so you can check them out on their YouTube channel. The website is multimorphic.com. And right from there, you can click the store up top and they have the information about the deposits, all the different game kits. Um, there's just a lot of stuff for it. So it, and another reason is, another motivating factor is, as you're well aware, I'm super duper out of space. So if this was, you know, if I get to a point in my life where something drastically changes and I realize I can't operate 25 machines anymore and I start selling things off, but I still want to have more pinball around, this helps me. Uh, gives me an opportunity to use one one slot in my row uh, to potentially have multiple games as well. So that was another motivating factor for me too, because at home I am um, above capacity as it is, and still need to get rid of a couple games. So I'm just trying to figure out what I want to keep and what I don't want to keep. So eventually, if this doesn't do great on location, I'm comfortable with this being something I can bring home because it's not going to take up a ton of space for, and it's going to give me multiple options yeah. and things to play. I think that's, I think there's not, there's not a ton of those out there. So the secondary market isn't thriving from what I can tell. No, it's almost, there's one guy on Pinside right now who's trying to buy a Lexi Lightspeed Playfield. Right. And you could just order it from the website, but he was trying to pick one up used and there's just, people don't seem to sell these things. Yeah. Um, for the most part, it, it appears to be a very dedicated group of owners. There's a lot of people helping each other out within the community. And like I said, I was amazed at like some of the things that people are working on homebrew style for this machine. Um, and as I mentioned, like I absolutely uh, want to try to experiment with that since it is a option with this machine. It really intrigues me. Yeah, it's 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 a platform. It's really it's yep. really interesting. Um, and that's one of those other things I think people f like forget that I. You know, Spooky has been using the multimorphic boards. Oh, yeah. Um, American Pinball, like, you know, that was what they created first was the board set. And then they went from there and made it into a full system and platform that they could build their own machines. But it's they've contributed a lot to the pinball community just from their boards alone. Um, so it's, like I said, it, I'm excited about it. I just see a lot of potential in it. And again, it is, by no means is it cheap. It is expensive. But I think in the long run, um, when I'm looking at what it's going to cost me like per game to upgrade as games come out on this, and it, it will end up saving me money versus buying whatever's new from each other each other company that's out there. And not and not to justify like any high prices either, but you know, I mean the hobby right now is insane as far as pricing goes. Like Oh, absolutely. But like I keep posting things for sale thinking like there's no way anyone's yeah. gonna buy this and it's just gone like so quick. But it's but it's also one of those things where I I, I I got into a pin side thread with somebody because they were, they were talking about the new stern pricing. And I guess we could talk about that. Well, we'll talk, we can move on. Let's what you, should we wait for a bell or do you want to uh, move on? To uh, we, we should not have a bell for like 12 minutes. Oh, so shit. we should be okay. okay. Yeah. We can just move on. All right. Moving on transition. Um, yeah, that's very cool. Um, congrats on the P3 coming. That's yeah. That's a cool platform. Um, uh, yeah, so Stern, uh, we'll go to Stern. They announced that not only they not only announced a new game yesterday, but they announced since our last recording, Keith Elwin's newest game, Godzilla, uh, is coming yep. out. Um, and they also announced a price increase, and they also announced Insider Connect. I don't think that that had been announced since we talked last time. 
No, Stern has been busy. Stern has been Stern has been really busy, and there there's a lot there's a lot to dive in um, that we can we can really get into. I think so. The Stern Insider Connect. There's still a lot of unknowns. That's one thing that's going to be kind of tough to get too deep into it. But there's yeah. I mean, it's I just look at that as like the reality of it. It's a developing app essentially like it's a developing piece of software that's going to continue to evolve yeah um my expectations for it are low from the start and whatever comes with it to me it's just like an added benefit i don't see any negatives with it outside of price increase i think if if okay so i think one of the things that's benefiting stern right now is that they have um i mean as far as like looking at the pinball world pinball manufacturing world like i feel like you have a you have a generational thing happening right where you have like younger not young but younger designers um like jersey jack has it um with eric and stern with keith and you know the younger people coming in i think keith's like your age man so well and, and i'm just i'm i'm <laughs> no i know what you know mean. what i mean or like He's newer even, to the industry well, newer to the industry but also not just keith but like also the other people who have come along to stern where it's like the idea yeah. of um you got sharp there you got ray day you got tim right but you have you ha- so it's just like it's a different generation where it's like you have this connected thing right so it's the idea of like having an extension of your company that carries that your customers are then going to carry with them, right? Like in as an app, you know, so Stern has finally decided to plant themselves on our phones all the time, right? That's a big, that's a big step in the, in how you interact with your customers, and so that's honestly one of my early complaints here is that it's not officially an app yet. Well, I, it's all web based right now. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think that's a, that's a mistake. I think Stern should have had an app ready to go because I don't like the way it's set well, up. Well, right that's now. that's where I was gonna. That's where I was going. Is that it's yeah. it's like they're trying to. It's like they're they're trying to do it, but it's not that. Like that's what I think is really difficult about talking about it right now because. Like, you know, we all, you know, we, everybody signed up for it. And, but yeah, now it's kind of like, okay, well, what, what can we actually do with it? Like, I'm, I'm a little surprised at how little is there right now. Um, yeah. And like, so from my perspective as the operating side of things, yeah. I, you know, I, this is seriously not sarcastically incredibly brief i played one game on the machine at my distributor yesterday before we loaded my actual game into the car so i could kind of check it out um i got mine the distributor's location was further than i remembered it being so i just poorly coordinated my day yesterday so by the time i got back to the bar it was like almost 10 p.m and i literally just was trying to set the machine up and go home because i hadn't been home since 6 a.m um and i realized once i was setting up i had to apply for a separate pro insider account um, so I had to submit an application for that. I'm just checking the, the, the app or the website right now. And it still says application submitted, but not approved. So like, I can't register my machine on location yet, which means nobody's going to be able to use insider connect at my location yet. Um, 
I mean, they already sent out a separate email to like stern army locations. And I just think a lot of this could have been taken care of ahead of time before our machines got to us. So that like on day one, we're just there and ready to go and set up. So like now I'm, like I said, I'm kind of glad I just looked to check again because I want to run over there after school and get this machine hooked up to the Wi-Fi and get Insider Connect running because I have had people at my location already ask me about yeah. it like this week knowing Godzilla was coming and now they're going to see it there and they're going to go to use it and it's not going to do shit. Yeah. So there's definitely, again, it's their first time. I'm not, you know, it's not, none of it is a big deal. I just wish it had been a little more prepared. Like I thought there was going to be some documentation uh, with the game even telling me what to do. And there really wasn't. Well, so here's the other thing is that, okay. So as a, I was, I was really hoping that you had been able to get set up because I, I have some questions about that, but, but they are at this point, they are charging, like it costs money to get a all access plus. I think that's what it's called. So like they have like a basic account, where it's like mm-hmm. anybody can have that. So anybody can have this, anybody can have an account. You can go up, you yep. can scan your your phone or whatever. Um, and so th- you can do that. And then to and then there's also all access plus. And then I believe what you have is all access. You will have all access pro plus, correct? Um or is that so there's basic, basic, which is the free one. Right. I'm just looking at the app right now to get these terms right. Okay. Then there's Stern Insider All Access that is thirty nine ninety nine per year. Right. Um, That's what I have. Oh, you've done that. I, okay. I did that because, yes, I did that. So, so with that, according to the app, you will get everything from Basic Plus Early Access to new games, mm-hmm. all the behind the scenes content, right. and exclusive forum discussions. And then I know there was talk of potentially like certain modes, which I, I picture like the Jurassic Park topper mode, the goat mode, uh, things like that, that you could only access if you were a um, member of the all access. That's one of the things I know people had talked about being concerned with. Yeah. And then the account that I um, am trying to sign up for as a location is a pro application which didn't have any cost associated with it. I just had to basically submit like the address and name of my location. Oh, okay. Um, so there does not appear to be a cost with that initially. Um, but I think once I am in, there may be certain features to where like very similarly, I do need to sign up from some sort of account to access certain data on my machine remotely. Um, I, I probably will sign up because it's realistically like, the way pinball prices go, it just warps your pricing and everything else. I'm like, 40 bucks for a year is really not bad. And it really isn't. No, yeah. Um, and you get other shit, too. Like, I have my Stern Insider yeah. package coming today that has, exactly. like, stuff in it. So so I totally get it. Um, for me, being so physically close to my location, I don't care as much about the remote monitoring features mm-hmm. as any operator who had anything... Like if my drive to any location was more than five to 10 minutes. Yeah. I would love having those features on an uh, app for my phone as an operator to see what my machine had earned, to see if it's reporting a a messed up switch or something like that. Yeah. That would be so worth $40 a year. Me, I'm, I'm in a incredibly rare situation where my location is around the corner from my house. Like I'm, so it's just, you know, I'm in a different situation. 
But uh, I won't lie. Like, I really want to go and I want to use Insider Connect because I, I want to start knocking off these damn achievements on Godzilla because I'm really excited. I only got to play two games last night. But holy shit, is the geometry on this game amazing? Okay. Like, god damn it, Keith. Don't Owen. jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. There's I'm no sorry. bell has I'm gone off because so we still cool. have to stay on Insider Connected because I have a couple. Okay. So, so, so I see a lot of potential for this. A ton of potential. Um, oh, an, an amazing amount of potential. Yeah. And I, it's, I've got to see how it is integrated. I know that they did a little bit of it on the stream, but it, the reality is if like watching anything on stream, uh, be it the gameplay or how the app was, is, engaging the players it's not the same as doing it in person yourself to get that experience um i've been using pin quest at my location for months which is similar but it's all scoring based achievements and it's not built in you know the user still has to enter that information themselves and it's been so i i pay 20 dollars a month to use pin quest oh wow as a location um i think i easily get $20 worth out of the players who come in to try to reach the scoring objectives. Like without a doubt, all every month, the machines that I put onto pin quest, I'll earn what they had over the previous month. They get more play. Um, but it has that user customization. I'm curious to see what I can customize on the app as far as things like that go. Yeah. I'm curious to see what Stern actually ends up doing as far as like, they've talked about giving away freebies and doing stuff like that. Um, how all that will work out. Uh, but as far as like, I don't see any harm in trying this. I think it can only help. Uh, it seems like the integration is pretty smooth. Like I said, for launching, it's not, it's not perfect, but I think I'm going to be able to get this machine connected to the internet set up today and have people using it by the end of the week. Um, I'm hoping by league night tomorrow night so people can see it. And I do plan to go down and set up my camera rig and stream it. Um, before league tomorrow night and probably leave the rig running during locate during league because I think everyone's going to pretty much pick that game at some point during league tomorrow night. Yeah, I I want them. They need to do more. I know it just launched, but they did launch it. They are yeah. they are charging people for it. They so yeah. I would I would hope to see something happen soon. Um, I what so yeah. one of the things like signing up signing up for an account like you sign up for an account you like choose your username my username is Taylor, um, which you know I broke the rules already but um, you broke rules I broke rules but you so what were the rules you're not supposed to use your real name oh it's well, it says right there it's, it's like, pretty do not pretty use, fucked up that you're not Richmond Pinball to be really well, honest well I'm trying to, I'm trying to get off. away from that I'm trying to like separate myself from that okay, okay pinball. Cool. but um that's complicated um but i but the, the thing that i didn't understand is like you can follow people like so you can you can go in like they have a little area that says connections you can put somebody's name in you can search you can find them and then you can follow that person but as a person as like your your own account like you you're you're not able to see who is following you. And mm -hmm. I think that, I don't know, maybe that's going to come down the line, but I could see like for a location, like it would be cool to be able to have people connect to a location. And maybe that's something, maybe that's a feature that you have with like the pro thing is that. So before we even got our machines uh, by, I'm talking about me and a couple of my other buddies that operate. Yep. 
that was something that was in our mind is that as the location owner and the owner of the machine, we we were thinking it should show us who's playing and what they're scoring on the machine. Yeah. And we were already planning to set up a like multiple location tournament like that. That's awesome. Just for bragging rights, yeah. like nothing fancy. Like I made a little poster already. And now that we're like getting it and we don't really know what we can access yet, we're like, oh crap, maybe we like overthought this or maybe we we gave it a little more credit than we should have. So that's something I want to find out because that's what we're hoping we can do is see like so-and-so played the game here and here's their score. We're beating, we're beating four, uh, 17 tap house in Springfield, Missouri. And we're beating RLM amusements in Grand Rapids. Like, you know, it's just bragging rights and shit talking, which is like what we like to do in person. We're hoping that this gives us a way to do that virtually across great distances with people. Well, also if you could, so, so I do have like, I have score bit on my wizard of Oz, which mm-hmm. is, uh, they just released achievements for some of the Jersey Jack games. And I think, um, I think Scorbit is really cool. I mean, I think that if, yes, Scorbit is really interesting. You can follow real time, like, you, you know, you've got the app open and you can follow like your score real time on your phone. Like I don't, it's, it's pretty amazing, but um, yeah, I think, if you could in real time challenge people and maybe that's something you may, I don't know, maybe that's something that's coming down the line, but real time challenge people like that's a great way for an operator to drive coin drop. Right. Because now it is, it's no longer like, I mean, I would think that you're going to play more pinball if you're playing against somebody else. Right. So you go to a location. I, I think even just having high score leaderboards that people could see across would di- be across awesome. different locations. So you like, could have from like from doing it like if you could if me as the operator could pull up a web page that shows like a top my location scores. Right? It's like a tops tournament, but you would have yeah. it so it would you could be show across my location. Locations. You could show the state of Indiana, you could show the country. Yeah. So I could have like people working towards multiple levels. Like that would be awesome. Like Pindigo, like it would be a almost a Pindigo mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, Pindigo, but having it live on a screen. Um, and again, Pindigo is great. I like I use Pindigo from time to time. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I think Scorbit's really cool. Uh, and again, you are getting Scorbit built into the Jersey Jack machines, but there's that's just the Jersey Jack games. And if you were to add that to other machines, it's quite expensive. I looked into it. Um, so like, there's that. And the reality is, like, yes, this is going to be a possible to retrofit on some of the CERN machines, but for the, you know, future, it's coming built in. Um, and I think the objective integrations is really cool. Like, score is one thing, but having those things that a person, like, you know, I kind of joke with my friends, but at shows, I tend to disappear and go play by myself. Yeah. Like, I like playing more games faster. I'm not as big into the social thing and four-player games as you are, per se. Oh, oh there we go. Much. We're moving on to yeah, another we're getting topic. there. Oh, wait. But if I could, if like, if I have... I think Godzilla has 39 objectives in it right now. Yeah. Like if I can go and try to knock those out, like I am very much one of those people being like, okay, I've got to get this now. I'm going to focus on this, on this game. All right. Like that to me sounds really appealing. So how about this pin golf, right? So mm-hmm. you set your game. So say you have nine games that are all, so you have nine stern games that are all equipped with the um, connect insider connect. Mm-hmm. You could set your games as an operator for a pin golf tournament. And then the game would actually just say, here's the objective. The player would go, you scan in, you play for the objective, and then 
the actual app or whatever, the website has a scoring system that could just keep track of the scores. So it could be all, all there real time just by like having your phone get scanned. That would be freaking awesome. Yeah, that would be. I agree. Okay. So it sounds like we I need, it sounds like certain, it's a really boring location if you just have nine turns in a tournament. Though, I'm not so. saying that, but I'm uh, saying that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm <laughs> saying that if you look at, if you look at a lot of the locations now, they are, they have a, huge collections. Oh yeah. I mean, so if you, I think our locations at 23 or 25 machines right now. See, that's where I think that if you, I mean, it's not going to happen, but if there was any way that you could get like score bit and you know, these different pin quest and, insider connect like if you could get all these systems to somehow like work together some way um it would be great it's not going to happen but no it'd be really great but i i'm just saying like i mean down the road like i like stern you know stern hosts tournaments down the road stern could host a you know they they host like the international pin golf tournament and there's nine stern games and you walk up and you scan your phone and, or you have 18 games set up and then you scan your phone. And if your hole number one is Godzilla, it gives you a certain objective. If hole number nine is also Godzilla, it can give you a different objective. Oh yeah. Like there's, like there's you, like, like a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential there, but right now what we have is not a lot. So that's, so that's kind of disappointing, but the bell has rung. So we will move on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Godzilla because Godzilla is out. It's landing. It's you just yeah, got, you I just got just yours up, got yours set up. I just pulled up a pinball map to kind of see what we've got as far as them being out at location already. Yeah. Um, and looking nationwide, it looks like there's about thirty on location right now. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 40, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, like 32. 32. 32 um, Godzilla so far, location. So far. And that's if they've registered on Pinball Map. Um, you know, so who knows? But yeah, so far that that's roughly what it looks like. Um, I did pick mine up from the distributor, like I said yesterday. He said his initial batch... Um, was roughly I think fifty pros, <clears throat> fifty pros or so that were going out for locations specifically, um, and then he's got uh, you know the LEs next, and then he's got an order of twenty premiums coming in, and then it was like another hundred and fifty pros or something. Wow! So I mean, he said it's selling really well, um, and you know the price increase sucks, but as far as the game goes and the shots and it's just being jam packed. Um, you know, I can see where some of the money went. It, it does suck. I'm not. I get it. It's just not fun. It is what it is, though. And if you want it, you'll still buy it. And if you don't, you'll go play it on location. Um, so, I so one thing about the pricing that I think is, and I started bringing this up earlier. I think what's tough is that what's what's tough is that the pricing has gone up. What's not so tough is that. The pricing has gone up across the board in the hobby, and a game you buy today, you can sell it tomorrow. Generally speaking, because I got somebody try to slam me for saying this, if you buy a game today and you sell it tomorrow, you can basically get what you paid for it. 
Oh, 100%, now, if not more. Now, certainly, I mean, so, so I mentioned this, and somebody was like, well, I, it, took me, it took me a while to sell a game, and I didn't get what I, what I paid for. And I was like, okay, that's not my point. My point is, most of the time, generally speaking, unless you have to sell and you have to, like, you know, you're like, I got to get this out of the house immediately, yeah. games are selling for more than what you bought them for, including new in-box games, which was like, yeah. I mean, I got, when I got in the hobby... And I'm not... Oh, it used to be like a car, man. As soon as you open the box, it lost value. As soon as you open the box, it lost a thousand bucks. And people were just like, I will, I'll never, I don't want to buy a new box game. Or no, they were like, oh, I'm not going to buy a new box game. I'm just going to buy one once it's open because then I'll get it cheaper. Like a thousand bucks. Like you open the box, you look at it. It's a thousand bucks knocked off. And now you buy a game, you open it, you sit it in your basement, you play it. I mean, some people play their game like 20 times in two years. I don't want to get that, but some people play it like (laughs) 10,000, you know, but yeah, yeah, so you're going to, you get that money. You are getting that money back. So it's really more about your, your own like economic liquidity that you can do that. than it is about like, you're throwing money away. Like, I mean, I literally explained it to Alyssa. Like it's a weird savings account because I spend a lot of money on pinball. Yeah. Like I work multiple jobs on top of operating games and fixing games and selling games. Yeah. And like, I do a lot of things to generate my pinball money, but like, I, and that was part of the reason I sold Stargazer earlier this year was cause I mean, it was in the kitchen and I was out of space, <laughs> but like she didn't, gen- she genuinely like didn't believe I was like, if I needed to, like if we needed cash for something, I was like, I can sell this in a day. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I did. And for like double what she thought I could sell it yeah. for. So I was like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like it's, it's weird. I'll give you that. But I was like, I'm, I'm still being, you know, fiscally responsible in a very strange way. Um, Well, like I'm very realistic when I have, I have a spreadsheet of what my games cost. I have my spreadsheet of what the games are currently selling for. And I have like a price in mind of what I could sell it for. If I had to sell it, like I'm talking like instantly, if for some reason I needed cash immediately, what can I post this game for that I know somebody will be here today to get it with cash? And it's like, and it's across the board. It's no, it's yeah, because for a long time you would see that, you know, like you saw it crap, you know, like you had your like collector games, like your Medieval Madness, AFM, Cactus Canyon, all those, you had your A-list games and they were just kind of incrementally like going up, 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 up. And then you saw, I, I think what's been really interesting over the last two years is the increase in solid state games and even EM games. Like, well, I think the reality is just as these prices have increased on new in box games, yeah. the price goes up on everything. Because before it used to be like, why buy? So when I bought my Metallica, it was 4300 So I could buy a $4,300 Metallica brand new, you know, or I could buy five EMs that were really good shape that were good games for 800 to a thousand a piece. Right. That's still a lot. Well, for now EM. I agree, but okay. I'm just saying like, that was what the situation was okay. then okay. roughly or like now my option is Metallica goes up to 6,000. Well, people are going to raise the prices on those EMs too. Cause the, the cost to entry at a new game is different. Like that was how I looked at it. Like before, if I just had $4,000, let's rounding down to spend my choice was like something new, like Metallica, or I could buy a, a white water, uh, back then, that was that price. That was like a shadow and a fishtails when I started. Uh, things were just different. But as those other prices go up, the price on everything goes up because the person who has options to buy the new game will increase the price on the other thing too. 
I mean, it's just that's the reality. The price increase in the in the market on those new games has helped people who have the older games. Yes. And on top of that, there's just it's supply and demand. There's just fewer and fewer of the older games. Like you're not going to find a lot of shadows and a lot of Congos for sale. Whereas if you want whatever is brand new, I just heard Keith. I think he was on the Loser Kid podcast. I uh, listened to while I was driving to pick up Godzilla yesterday. Talk about how they made more <clears throat> Godzillas in three days than of the Godzilla that Sega designed in 96 or 97, whatever it was. Like they had already made more of us brand new Godzilla in three days than existed at the highest point of that game. I have one of the original Godzillas. Like you don't see them come out for sale much because they didn't make very many of them, you know? So there's going to be very few of them out there. So if people want it, the price goes up. Well, yeah, there's that. And I also think that you have people who are trying to squeeze out every dime out of a game they have because and maybe this is what you're saying, but like if if I want to buy a new inbox game and the price goes up and I'm like, okay, well, I need to sell a game to buy a game. Well, I want to mm-hmm. squeeze as much as I can out of whatever game I'm selling oh, yeah. to cover the difference in what the increase is in the new inbox. So if I'm looking, yeah, absolutely. you know what I mean? So you're, you're, well, and there's also just been, there's so many more people in the hobby and there's a lot of flippers too. To where like if I'm gonna sell a game for two thousand and the guy who I'm selling it to is just gonna turn around next week and sell it for twenty five hundred and get the asking price, yeah. am I being nice or am I being dumb yeah. for selling it for two thousand? Yeah, like you can squeeze it, man. Squeeze everything you can out of it. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily what I do. That's not necessarily what I do. I mean, I, I rarely sell my games, but I could certainly see like at this point with the way the market is. And where the market is, right? Because the market is also, because Pinside is, I mean, I think that that's one of the things. Like, Pinside is just a, just a juggernaut of a information warehouse, right? So where you used to have to go and, like, search Craigslist to find prices or, you know, hunt down games. Like, you can go on Pinside and there's all that information is there. Oh yeah. Um, I look, whenever I'm going to sell a game, I literally look up that game up inside and I go through the threads and see what sold. What the last five sold for. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's crazy. But I will say, I mean, going back to like what you were saying about the value, you know, you have like you have value in your collection. That yeah. and that's one of the things that's great about this hobby, if if you can get in, is that you do have that. Like you're not just it's like my dad was a g- big golfer. And it's like every time you, you know, it's like it costs a couple hundred dollars every time you go and pay your greens fees and get a golf cart. And then at the end of the day, what do you have? Nothing. Yeah. You don't have shit. You have a piece of paper that has what you did. Now, certainly, like, that's whatever that person's passion is. Um, But I always looked at that as like a kid growing up, like, well, this is just a stupid waste of money because I... <laughs> I have trouble going on vacations because like while I enjoy experiences, yeah, like at the end of the day, you're like, I have, I just spent that money and I don't have it now. Yeah. Whereas like if I have a, a thing, that thing retains the value that I can later cash in on if I need to. I think it, I th- it makes it easier, but it also like, I, I think for my own rationale, for my own mental health, it allows me to justify like saying, Hey, I've saved up this money making rails or selling games or doing whatever I needed to do. So it's not like you were saying, it's not like I'm just pissing this money away. It's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm taking hold of an asset. 
you know, it's like I have a thing, a physical object at the end of the day that my insurance covers if something goes wrong, you know, like, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So the pricing increase is definitely painful, but if you've been in this hobby for a while, you've certainly made money off of being in this hobby for a while. I know that I'm in that situation. Oh yeah. I've been in, I've been collecting for like 16, 17 years now. And I think about the games that I bought back in the day that allowed me to buy games 10 years ago that allowed me to buy games five years ago, you know, like to where I'm at the point now where it's like, I might need to add some money to buy a game, but it's not like, it's not like if if you were getting it, if you were getting in the hobby right now, I just think, I I don't know how people would get in the hobby right now. Like with the, the, not with, with the new in a box or, I don't know. Some of these, some of these lo- looking at the solid state prices, like stars going for twenty five hundred dollars, like that's mind boggling. Like that's oh, the st- literally when I think of the price increase, the stars and meteor are the two that pop to mind yeah. because they made so many of both of those games. Yeah. And I remember, like, <laughs> for whatever reason, I mean, I'm not far from Chicago, so it makes sense. There was a, a ton of them in my area, yeah. but I remember the, my first couple years in the hobby. I swear to God, there was constantly a Craigslist meteor or stars every other week for sale for three to five hundred dollars and i would just be like who would want that game why would you get that yeah and now i'm like i wish i had bought every, every one, of those. one of those games oh yeah like i wish i had a shed in my backyard that was literally just full of stars and meteors Man. and i honestly like I, the meteor i have right now my initial plan was to convert it to a stargazer um and after having played this thing like having gone through it and got it really pretty and playing nice I'm. I still. I would regret it ever giving you that damn meteor I found up here. But <laughs> meteor is a freaking awesome game, man. I was like, no, there's no way this thing's getting converted. I'm gonna play the hell out of this. Yeah, yeah. I, it's that's crazy. But so we go back to going back to uh, Godzilla. The yes. Price increase is painful, but it's painful. But it's not the end of the world. That's how I look at it. All right. So uh, there's a dead flip did a great dead flip. Obviously, is streamed the premium i think they streamed a premium they didn't stream an le right they st- they streamed a, a premium um a, with like jack and keith and the team yeah and then they streamed a pro with the women from hot nudge stream yeah um and a few other friends i believe i saw maybe like in half of the the premium stream and i've only seen a couple minutes of the pro because they did them both i think on friday night so i'm trying to put it on at like three or four a.m when i get home from the bar yeah and I passed out. I watched some of the, uh, I watched some of the premium. I haven't seen any of the pro. Um, I, I don't know how much of the premium I watched. I mean, it was just Keith was on there blowing it up. And I will say, like, this is a game that I anticipate owning, hopefully sooner than later. And so I, as a... Are you going premium? Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Uh, that is the plan. Um, yeah, that's that's the plan. The goddamn mechs on that thing are so cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, uh, so I, you know, I watched the premium stream and like I said, you know, watching somebody like Keith blow up a game is, is really cool. I am, I'm not a huge, like watch other people play pinball person. Like I'd much rather play myself and learn the rules. And, um, I don't know. There's, I really enjoy that process. And that's also why I keep my games for so long and why I play my games so much because I love the discovery of a new pinball machine. But I will say what I saw of the premium, it looked really, really fun, like ridiculously fun. Like 
stupid, yeah. like, like stupid fun. <laughs> like, I, I, I agree. Um, the mechs are amazing. Yeah. I really appreciated that on the stream, they did straight up show like the entire building mech and how that works. Yeah. Um, the mecha Godzilla with the damn magnet in his chest that catches the ball is cool as shit to yeah. me. Um, everything about the premium blows my mind, uh, including the price. And when I looked at it, because I did get a premium Avengers, um, and when I look at the earnings on it, like it just flat out, it does not earn more money to have a premium versus a pro. Yeah, I can and see I that. And I just could, I couldn't justify it yeah. uh, immediately, but maybe i'll upgrade we'll see um because yeah uh my input it consists of just three games on it very brief games i didn't get i was basically making sure the game was level and that it seemed like everything was working last night oh man dude this is like you're gonna play this thing it's gonna you're gonna get ten thousand plays in one year <laughs> i can feel it it's gonna be your first 10k in one year game okay we'll see uh, it's the shots the shots feels so good it's like they're all where you think they should be on the flipper yeah and then the ball paths like the different ways the balls can travel are amazing and i don't know what he changed about like the flipper angles because i do think keith might like mildly modifies his flippers all the time i think they're different from game to game um shatsing is so easy on this game really like yeah and like uh... not even on purpose like I was accidentally shatting all over the place, and then the ball is just traveling like these crazy, crazy paths. Um, I am blown away by the geometry, by the innovation, by um, listening to the podcast he did yesterday. They talked about like the the magnet grab, the claw that holds the ball. Like they experimented with different materials that would actually cover the magnet cord that would allow it to hold the ball but not spread the magnetism to the ball, so you don't get magnetized balls in the game. And like, why hasn't someone thought of that before? Like, is this new technology that, like, only these people would think of? Or have pinball designers just been lazy and be like, oh, yeah, there's a magnet that catches the ball, and sometimes it gets magnetized. We just put in new balls then. Like, there's so much thought and care put into it. Um, and it was interesting to hear him talk about, like, his history as an operator and how that impacts his designs because he tries not to put, like, rubbers in hard-to-reach places where it would be a pain to change and stuff like that. And, like, I really appreciate that. So um, I think you're going to be blown away with it. I'm sure somewhere near you is probably getting one pretty soon, so you get to play it. I I really won't have much time to play it today, but I do plan, like I said, to stream it and spend a lot of time with it tomorrow. Oh, and I can't go play it today because uh, I forgot to even talk about this. We got another dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> go us. How many dogs, we adopted, how many dogs do you have? Uh, we now have four. Oh, we, uh, we adopted another rescue dachshund who uh, he, he was – owned by a family with him and his his brother their puppies they're only seven months old and apparently the family had a guinea pig that met an unfortunate demise at the hands of the dachshunds so they just turned them into a rescue instead of like being like maybe we shouldn't have small rodent creatures and a breeded dog that's designed to hunt rodents i don't know <laughs> oh, no. so anyway uh we adopted one of the brothers and we picked Alyssa picked him up on sunday his name is leonardo and he is our newest member of the Dachshund gang of our household. Now, are you guys, do you guys so, foster or are you like um, you adopted? We did foster at one point yeah. and it was too emotionally hard okay. for me. Yeah. I bawled my eyes out when we found Aww. a family for the dog. And so instead, we are we are now at maximum capacity of dogs. <laughs> we, we Between the four dogs, we have roughly 100, 110 pounds worth of dog. And that's all we can handle. How many pinball machines do you have in your house? Dude, why do you gotta ask weird questions like because that? How many pinball machines do you have in your house? Uh, I have eleven. I have, 
I have five in the living room plus the the flight 2K that I finally unloaded from my car yesterday. Oh yeah, you should yeah, uh, we should talk about that. I think you want to that's, sell, yeah, sell that to of, me. Uh I, we could probably figure something out on that. Um <laughs> and then I've got uh Mad World and Aerobatics. What else that? That's eight. And then there's like a couple in the garage that are like eh, semi projects. There's like 10 or 11 at my house okay so yeah. you have 10 10 games four dogs and that's not so bad i was thinking you would have yeah. like a 20 game 20 games four dogs i mean you just said at the house so yeah at the house we're good okay i'm just trying to figure out where i'm staying when i come out to visit to pick up my oh we F2. got the couch don't worry we got a big comfy couch got air mattresses there's a guest room <laughs> it's not a big house but we use the space well um godzilla so yeah i think the the mechs look the mechs look pretty amazing uh they stern posted a picture of like a bunch of the uh because there's they're they have ellies on the line now mm -hmm. first batch of premiums are supposed to ship at my understanding is i think i think that premiums are supposed to be on the line at the end of october um, yeah I, which is uh, like two weeks I imagine they will if not from what i was told last night distributors should be getting in um, a small batch of premiums next month. Okay. Um, so premiums will be going out. Um, but yeah, they posted a picture of the, the building mechs on Instagram or maybe their Facebook. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it gives me a little like Dr. Who, um, time expander, like heebie jeebies because that mech so is such a piece of shit that there's Keith, Keith addressed that on the, the loser kid podcast again. And, uh, he basically said the same thing. He hated the Dr. Who Mac. And the big deal was the wiring went into the mechanism on that. Yeah. This one, all the wiring is completely external. And like the building itself is not basically nothing but a facade that has diverters. Everything like that could actually go wrong or break it's on it outside. is accessible under the play field. Yeah. Well, look and at that. Like, Maybe again, you appreciate the design. Like, I mean, that's, so I have to go listen. I have to go listen to a different podcast to, you do. I, I mean, I don't listen to a ton of pinball podcasts anymore yeah. because the reality is like I just enjoy talking pinball with you and we record it. Yeah. But we're all pretty repetitive because it's not that big of a hobby and there's not that much news. Right. Um, so I get that. Uh, but whenever Keith is on something, I will go out of my way to listen to it. Um, so I did. And uh, it was good to listen to. And it was informative and you know, I, I just appreciate the passion that Keith brings to his designs. And I mean, you're going to, I've got all four of his games. You're going to most likely have all four of his games here. Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty damned impressive. It's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. I've been playing. Like if, so like, like, look at it like this. This is just like a hypothetical for, you know, shits and giggles. Okay. If Stern contacted you today. Yes. And said, Keith has a game coming out next july yes you need to pay a thousand dollar deposit today and the rest is due when the game's ready that's all the information you get and you have to if you don't pre-order you can't get it would you do it yes yeah same here and the reason like, i that's how much faith i have in him well, at this point. well i i mean yeah there's a there's i mean there's a couple reasons like you would do it because one like we were talking about earlier if you if you end up getting the game, you're going to be able to sell it for what you pay for it. Yep, exactly. Um, but and if people who have missed out the FOMO are then going to pay more. But I will say I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I don't know if I would do that. I don't. I hate the idea of like having to put money down on something that. I I get it, but I like I said, this situation is specifically it's Stern pinball, and you know it's Keith. That's all you get. You don't get the theme. You don't get to see the layout or anything. You just know it's Stern and Keith. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say that Stern calls me tomorrow and says, "Hey, you signed an NDA. We're gonna send you Keith's game, and you're gonna be a play tester because you play more than any other person that we know." You know, that would probably actually be a good idea. I Thank you. I, I look at your numbers of <laughs> plays, and it legitimately blows my mind. I play a lot. Like, I don't think I have 200 games on Avengers or Jurassic Oh, my Park. God. I need to check my Avengers because I've been playing Avengers like a crazy person. I, I Have you collected all of the gems? Uh, okay. In one game. I have collected all of the gems in one game but i ended up losing so i had i had a game i put up over a billion and i ended up collecting all the gems but then i ended up getting attacked by thanos right before battling thanos and so i ended up losing a gem because you have to defend all the gems yeah which sucks. So you went in without all of them so you didn't get the the instant free billion i did points. not get the i did not get the billion point bonus and i was so bummed because when i collected that last gem i was like oh moving on um when i collected that last gem i was like i looked at my score and i was like oh it's i'm gonna get some bonus for getting all the gems and then i didn't get it but the so yeah the one thing i i finally did that for the first time like a month or i two know ago. i know you and it it was cool like i'm really close yeah. i i'm i'm really close so my question um and not to jump off Godzilla, but no, you're good. We don't have a. I mean, I, I don't have enough plays on Godzilla yeah. to like give a full assessment of it. I all I can say is like the geometry. Because I didn't figure out any of the rules last night. The geometry and the shots were awesome. Like I said, so yeah, that we'll yeah, that's. Um, so yeah, we could jump into Avengers. So the thing about Avengers, I've been playing it a lot. Um, I pretty much figured out everything. I still don't understand the grid. And I was going to ask you about that because I know that you actually got the grid like wizard mode. And yes, I do not understand the grid. Like I understand how you collect certain features off the grid, but I don't understand how you collect all of the features to where you would start the grid mode. So the grid mode is computer frenzy, right? Okay. Computer frenzy. And I literally, from what I gather, that just comes from clearing the drop target bank a certain number of times. That's it. Well, that's that's my understanding. I again, I don't know the rules on this game super well. Okay. Um, it bit me in the butt on the the pin class tournament because I didn't know them as well as other players. Um, now trophy mania, that's like the final wizard mode, I do believe. That you get from earning the awards throughout the game, but I do think you have to complete the bank when it's ready to start. Right. So I think that's how those tie in, perhaps. So this is, but this is what I don't understand. So like, and so people who haven't played a ton of Avengers. So basically, on the left hand side, they're they're a drop target bank. When you complete certain, and then there's a grid to the right of the drop target bank, and so if you complete like three across, like tic tac toe three across or three down, maybe a diagonal, like it'll give you certain awards. And then mm -hmm. on the back, on the display, it will show you like these different features. So like one is like Hulk mania or something like that, where it's like every shot is a Hulk value or 
the the spinner will give you like um I can't remember the disc disc um the super disc super disc the super uh, gauntlet super ramp. gauntlet ramp the super combos yep. so yep. when you when you start one of these when you trigger one of these time modes it'll show on the screen like which one you're uh-huh. in but I don't see that that carries over from ball to ball. So it seems like from what I can tell, it's like you have to complete all of those things on a single ball. Like I've I have played really long games. I have done a lot of time modes, but I don't see where my progress is being shown at all. And that's and on on one of the things I like about Keith's games is that Jurassic Park, Iron Maiden it's very clear to me like where your progress is, like the way things are displayed. And I don't, I don't really understand that. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know for any certainty whatsoever of how that rule works. Um, I know I've gotten to the computer frenzy mode a couple times. Yeah. Um, the trophy trophy mania, I've only done the one time and it was in that same game where I, I defeated Thanos with all the gems. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how that works. And I also like <clears throat> so it doesn't it doesn't meld very well with the way I like to play pinball. So I don't like to see those awards. You really need to cradle up and look at the display and then like time when you hit the drop targets to locking in where you want it. Yeah, I I don't do that. I basically aim at them. Um, and if I have a multi ball going, I try to bash the shit out of them. Yeah, I, I do the same now. As I can. Now there is like there is a gem where you can actually select which grid you want to use. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and I can't remember. Uh, I cannot remember which one it is. But yeah. So if you have one of the gems, it might be reality when you move it over there. It might be reality gem. So you move reality gem over to the grid, and then you can. And I think it's mine. I think it's the mine gem. I think the, yeah, I think you're the right. mind gem That's allows right. you to select. Yeah, reality makes it so you only have to hit two out of right. three targets. So the mind gem will allow you to choose which one of the targets you want to get if you complete the drops. So one of the things I see, I thought it would be a situation where like you would complete the grid, and maybe this does happen. Like I don't, I don't know what I don't know. It's just hard for me to understand like where I am in the progress of getting to that. Because I play a lot of Jurassic Park, and I feel like Jurassic Park is very, it's very obvious as to where you stand with your progress in the game. You know, it's like, I don't know. I just, I, it's, it's confusing to me. Everything else, I've, I mean, I feel like most of the other stuff I've kind of figured out. Like, I understand, like, you know, what you need to do for each gem or, you know, how to add value to shots and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I played like I'm playing like like my average scores are getting up into like the couple hundred million, four or five hundred million. Um, yeah, it's good. I've been playing a lot of it. It's really, yeah, it's really grown I, uh, on me. I mean, the fact that the con- it's combos. I mean, like you talking about the geometry of Godzilla. It took me a little bit. I think one of the things I really like about Keith's games is that, and in owning all all the three that he's released so far obviously Godzilla down the line but um like seeing the evolution of the geometry it's it's been really interesting I mean I I don't feel like Jurassic Park is really a geometric game as much as it is 
it utilizes the whole play field really well. Um, I I love the shots on Jurassic Park. I do too. I, I'm I'd not. Say it's his least flowy game. Yeah, but yeah. I guess that's why. Yeah, I just love the shots on that game. Um, yeah, man. When you get into a battle like Keith's games, it's it's tough. I think. As like Keith said, he intended to make the shots on Avengers easier than on Jurassic Park because people complained about how hard Jurassic Park could be. Yeah, um, I don't see that. I, I yeah, so I mean, yeah, I see parts of it because I, I think us having the premium and that Captain Marvel ramp being harder to hit makes it difficult to see. But on the pro, it's it's a really easy shot. Okay, I could see that. So that that I think changes our perspective a little bit as having premiums with that one. Yeah. But like you said, it's taking you this long as a you know, let's be realistic, an expert pinball player, like as far as rules go, like, you know what you're doing. You figure, you know how to figure games out. Yeah. Um, and I think Avengers is too complicated for the walk-up player. I think it's really complicated. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Think it's really... One, one of, one of my players who is a regular pinball player and he's pretty good, not great, but pretty good. Just got his first gem ever like a week or two ago. Mm. And I was like, that's a bad sign. Like that's that's telling me that this is definitely too hard for your casual person. It is not. Um, it is not a. It is not a walk up and play. I, I no. what, so it took me forever to figure out how to how I was earning how I was qualifying my extra ball, because like oh, there's several ways you get there. But extra the scorecard the scorecard that comes with the game just says like shoot combos like that's it for extra ball, which is actually not mm-hmm. the easiest way to get an extra ball. No, there's like a grid award. There's wasn't it after like two gems at lights. There's a ton of, extra so balls. the, the one that the one that's most readily available in my opinion is if you complete the Hawkeye targets, if you complete all three of them three times, it lights extra ball. And so there's three, there's three stand, there's three stand up targets. There's one to the mm-hmm. right where you like change your gem. Yeah, there's I had one no up clue the middle that lit extra ball. Yeah. So if you complete those three times, that'll light an extra ball. That's usually the one that I can, qualify first and then you can get an extra ball off of hitting a certain number of uh the captain marvel ramp um combos i think it's like 50 combos you'll light an extra ball there's a ton of extra balls on the game but yeah um, and it's a really deep game so you can use them to get through it i totally see why they're there see i think i think what's unfortunate about avengers is that i think that what I really like about Avengers, but it's also something that you just, it's, it's not easy to ascertain that this is something you can do is you can basically have multi-ball. Like you can have every gem is a, almost every gem, five or six gems can be a multi-ball, a three ball multi-ball. Oh yeah. So, I tried to do that. Yeah. So like the game could be really, really multi-ball heavy. So that's really fun. And then like when you're in a mode, like my favorite mode to play in a multi-ball. So if I get two portal locks and it's early in a game, I go for reality gem. Yeah, because multiply those shot values plus the play field multiplier. Exactly. So reality, you go for reality gem and reality gem, just to give you an idea, like reality gem is you shoot the spinner and that activates the shots. And then you have to hit, I think it's like eight shots and that will award you the gem. So it's pretty easy to actually get. So in a multi-ball, if you're flailing, but you're making shots, you're going to achieve, you're going to get the gem. But then if you hit the spinner while you're, so say you're, you start at reality gem in a three ball multi-ball, you're in a three ball multi-ball, you hit the spinner fast enough, and then it starts, it lights an add a ball at the, um, 
at the uh, what's the name of that shot? The extra ball shot. I can never remember. The oh, the sanctum target. The sanctum target. So you you have an add a ball there. Then if you have a um, an award at the scoop on the right hand side, a mystery award, that's going to give you an add a ball. But you can also mm-hmm. bring in either Thor multi ball or Iron Man multi ball. So like yep. Like and you can also light like the super ball saver from the drop target, and you can light the super ball saver. So like yep. what I do, my first ball, I go up, I try to qualify, I try to get two portal locks, I try to I get ready, I so I start my uh, gem search or whatever they call it, go with reality, and I am I am playing for my soul gem most of the time as my second gem because I can collect all my Avengers in that multi-ball. But... Yeah, I'd say I go for soul gem pretty early. It tends to be that yeah. way. Yeah, and know. then soul gem. So then if you have the soul gem after you... Whenever you collect a gem, soul gem will be lit and it gives you a bonus you, of whatever the value you, is of that shot, I think. Do you do soul gem on hard or standard? I do soul gem on standard. Yeah, I tried it on hard like three times. I didn't <laughs> like, get close. Yeah, no, so I'd be like, no, nah, let's just collect this gem actually. Um but yeah, I am I am I am really I'm loving it. I mean, I have to say, like, I yeah, it it's the learning curve is really tough though, like you were saying. I mean, like Yeah. But but that's something that you like, right? So it's I mean, something I like because I play most of my pinball at home. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not putting money into the machines outside of buying them. That's true. But that's when true. I can see, I can see why. Like, I think I, I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but I do like a league check-in for attendance via pin quest yeah. at my league. And like one week, I always have like they just have to take a picture of something. Like sometimes I'm like, take a picture of the bartender, take a picture of what you're drinking. One week, I said, take a picture of your least favorite machine. And over fifty percent of my league players took a picture of Avengers. Out of like twenty plus machines that I have at this bar. I thought it was a joke, and they were like, no, we all hate that game. That's... I was like, wow. So I was like, that it, it really surprised me. Because um, I, I literally thought, like, oh, there must have just been a group on it or something. And I looked, I'm like, nope, this is like everybody. Like, nobody likes Avengers, huh? That's so weird. Uh, and it was interesting. Because when I said, you know, another week I did take a picture of your favorite game, nobody picked Avengers. But, like, almost everyone had a different game, which was kind of cool to see, you know? But yeah, when it was which game is your least favorite, Avengers got like picked picked very quickly, and I was like, "Holy uh, shit!" Yeah, that's didn't see that coming. Yeah, I I don't yeah I don't know, I I don't know. Yeah. It I mean I will say like it took me, like I got the game, I bought the game, brought it home, and I was still I was still playing Jurassic Park a lot, um, and I love Jurassic Park. I just think it's it might be the best rule set of any game I have. Um, yeah, I love Jurassic Park. But I, I play. I played one on location in South Carolina this weekend. Yeah. Cosmetically, beautiful shape. Still on the original code. Same thing with an Aerosmith that I played. They were the same operator. It's, it's got to be some big company because they had like stickers on the coin doors. But uh, the Aerosmith was in rough shape. But the Jurassic Park looked brand new minus a broken lockdown bar button. But both were definitely on the original code. <laughs> it blew my mind. That's crazy. It's like a new code comes out, and I've run down my bar like at 11 p.m. to update code, so the players have it for the next day. And then there's operators out there that are probably making way more money than my, me, and they're just like sticking it somewhere. So one thing that's one thing that's interesting about Avengers is Avengers is shipping now. Like the Avengers that have shipped recently, I don't know if any are shipping now, but 
The ones that have shipped recently are actually shipping with a different code than what I have on my game. You probably have on your game. Like, I don't, I'm not sure what's up with that. Like, I don't know. I, there's no readme or like what the change is. I don't know if it was something like maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it's ready for the inside connect or something, but. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I don't know, but they, yeah, they've never released it. Um, but yeah, I do, I do, yeah, Avengers, I think Avengers is going to be a game that people who own them are going to learn to love them. Yeah, I, after having that really good game where I did get the gems and I, I beat Thanos, yeah. it made me appreciate the path and the journey there a lot more. Yeah, um, it's hard to, it's hard to see that path though standing in front of the the game game can be frustrating it's not an easy game see that's one of the things i think is so great about jurassic park is that the use of the map and and i think that this is a very like classic way um you know like i think about like whitewater right it's like what raft are you on you know like there are certain indicators that are really important and i think that um like the map indicator is a really clear indicator of where you stand on the play field. And I, I don't think, you know, like, yes, you collect the, you collect the, the Avengers. And so there's that, but then you start over. Right. And I think that that's a little, like, that was a little confusing to me as well. Like I was like, Oh shit. Like I just lit them all. I played something and now I have to start all over. Like that just seemed, you know, like, yeah, that it can get a bit of a wood choppy feel when you get that. Yeah, going. but I think the I think the Avengers. I will say this. I I think that if you ha- if you have a longer game, like don't focus on collecting the Avengers. You will get them. You know, like if you know, there's certainly like there's strategy like where you put like put your power gem, put your power gem on your pop bumpers. So if you the power gem, it gives you like two times the hits or whatever, but it also carries over from ball to ball. So strategically put that on your, your pop bumpers and you're not going to have to like collect that again. Like once you get mm. it, you're set. Nice. Um, see, I put, see, that's good. I don't, the only two gems I pay attention to at all are the time and reality. And I put time on the center ramp and reality on the captain Marvel rea- ramp. Yes. Yeah. I, I would do the yeah. same. Um, yeah, so those are the only two, and then I try to I guess I get try to put Soul Gem on the Black Panther shot because uh-huh. it's the easiest. I do that as well. Um, I'll do Soul Gem on Black Panther or Hulk because I have Hulk down. Like the oh, Hulk, I do not. Oh man, I, if if I if it's not lit, I'll nail it. If it's lit for the spinner, I will brick it every time. I I have I and that's the other thing. Like I don't know what it is about the orbit shots on Avengers, but. It took me a, a long time to find those comfortably. And now that I've found like the Hulk shot, like that is beyond satisfying because, and this is one of the things that I think has really impressed me about this game is that the way that the combos are, are set up, like, you know, you shoot four combos and it lifts up the portal and then you can get your portal lock. So make that last combo your spinner like your hulk shot because that feeds into your pop bumpers and your pop bumpers drop down and so your ball will go down into the um into the portal lock so like there's nuances like that that are just really super impressive that yeah it's very well thought out it's it's very well thought out but i think it might be too cerebral for a person just walking up to like want to have a fun game of pinball yeah i 
I would agree based on what I've seen for from location. Um, but again, it's fun, so therefore uh, I plan to keep it. <laughs> um, all right, so new news from uh, Stern is Jack Danger. We touched on it briefly. Jack Danger designed a pinball machine for Stern. Um, did yeah, and it's why we've been talking about Jurassic Park. It seems to reuse a lot of the artwork assets, uh-huh. uh, but the layout is drastically different. It's the the home pin version, um, so it doesn't have a full coin door. It's got a coin door, but it doesn't take quarters. Um, it's got a tiny display. I think it's like a three or a five inch LCD yeah. versus the thirteen inch or whatever it is on the full size games. Um, but the layout looks fun. Uh, very cool to see uh, another new person getting an opportunity to design something. Uh, I think the more people that get access to designing stuff, the better. So it's cool. It's obviously nothing I'm going to purchase. I don't think they sell a ton of any of their home pin versions, but I hope to get to play it somewhere at some point, probably expo in a couple weeks. Yeah. The design, the layout looks fun. Um, the utilization of the, um, the T-Rex head capturing the ball is great. I, I was a little angry that the T-Rex head interacts more with the ball than it does on the pro version of Jurassic Park. But hey, no big deal. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe you could buy one of the home pins, rip that mech out, put it on your pro. No. Um, no, I, I get why. Because, I mean, it's it's not it's not elevated on a ramp. It's basically uh, kind of like the snake head on uh, Metallica yeah. almost, it looks like. Which I love. I think that's one of the coolest mechs there is in pinball. So I think that's a, a great idea to reuse something like that for sure. Now, I think, I think Jack was on a, I think he was on an insider connect podcast talking about it and I have not listened yeah, to I it, haven't but listened to it yet either. Um, I would be interested to know like how that process worked. Like if they were, yeah, I'll have to listen to that, but that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool to have a production pinball machine huh yeah I, I mean it's good that's awesome i agree it's very cool um spooky has also been shipping out halloweens and ultramans yeah. uh we've had i think we have halloween number 14 at north end um it has one stuck ball issue um <clears throat> that we're working with spooky on resolving uh it's a really easy ball to unstick but it's just annoying that it keeps happening uh, it's already gotten a code update, which was quite significant. It really did change how the game played quite a bit. And earning-wise, um, in only three weeks, it doubled the best month that any game we've ever had at North End did. Wow. It has been incredibly popular. It honestly surprised me um, because personally, I'm not a huge fan of the Halloween movies. Yeah. So I think my expectations for both the game and the earnings were low. Yeah. Um, and it has kind of blown that away. So, uh, game has been really solid as far as, you know, everything working on it. Uh, I've been impressed. And one of the things that like having one of the earliest ones, I've tried to communicate with spooky about anything that we've had, like the stuck balls, or if I've had ideas or suggestions for how something should work differently in a mode. And I've emailed them. And I don't want to be like an annoying customer by any means, but just if I think it's something that can improve and help and to actually get a response back and be like, thank you. You know, we appreciate that. We knew about that. We're working on it or we hadn't thought of that. We're going to implement it. They literally Mark, uh, my partner at the location 
he's the one who bought the Halloween machine. Um, he had an idea for how the ball should divert differently in this one mode. So you had easier access to the middle level play field instead of just the one entrance. And they were like, that is great. We hadn't thought of that. And it was already implemented into the new code update wow. uh, within a, a week or two. Um, so it's nice That's when the people cool. are willing to listen. I don't ex- like, I realize they're the experts. They know what it takes to build and code and they've been doing this. Yeah. But the fact that they are listening to some input from paying customers is really impressive. I think that spooky pinball is, you know, I, they've had their hiccups. I mean, some of the stuff like I could, you know, nitpick some of the stuff they've done. Um, but their, their communication and their, I don't know, like they're pretty much second to none. I, yeah, you know, the, the customer service experience yeah. um, is above and beyond. Like I know, Two of my friends, at least with their Godzillas, are having issues with the magnet yeah. and the magnet getting really hot. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah, they emailed on Friday when they were discovering this. And these are games that are supposed to be out on location. And it literally gets so hot that it, it fails. It no longer works. Um, though they thought they'd have replies as of, you know, yesterday. But maybe it was the holiday. So they thought they'd hear something back today. And they still haven't heard back as of yet. So oh, wow. they're getting a little frustrated because, you know. It doesn't I mean, work. That's just... The, it, yeah, that's the reality. And again, we know we're getting early games. We know that there's a higher probability that there could be something wrong. But it'd be nice to acknowledge like, okay, we've gotten your email. And like, we know of at least two out of the 32 that are on location have experienced this at this point. So that's a decent rate. Um, as an, as an operator, like so you would make a notification of that. So as an operator, do you go through, do you go through your distributor like with that? Like if you see something like that, or do you go directly to Stern? Um, they've done both. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you fill out the ticket online and hope for the best, I guess. Uh, do you feel- or you directly email because you start to get used to the same people that are replying yeah. for the Stern customer service stuff, and you shoot them a direct email. Um, I've had, I will say, like I've had a really good experience with Stern. Um, yeah, they they have always eventually taken care of me. Yeah. It's just sometimes it takes a, a few communication attempts. Yeah. Do you find that as an operator, like the communication is any different than just a homeowner? Or I guess you wouldn't um, know, right? You've always yeah you've, for the most the yeah I don't think I've ever bought a Stern to keep it home. Okay. So yeah, because even my initial Metallica I, before I had games on location, I put on location at Main Street. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't really know. Um, I'm still fairly convinced that you and I are not uh, smiled down upon by the gods of Stern um, for various reasons. Uh, they but love us. I, I yeah, I, I you know I'm sure there's some people there that we get along with fine, but I do remember I was trying to think of like what we had done. And I remember <laughs> I, when I remember. the Ninja Turtle pictures, because so when the Ghostbuster pictures came out publicly it wasn't like we leaked them or anything we shared it and i woke up to messages being like you need to take this down and we did and then the same thing happens like a few years later with ninja turtles and i got kind of smart assy about it because i was like yeah i'll take it down when it's taken down from pinside and here and here and here and here and all these other places that shared it because the reality is like once something's out on the internet it's not fucking going away and i was just annoyed that they even bothered at that point well Um, i will say like one of the things that i didn't like about the whole thing is that they so when one of those leaks happened, and I can't remember which it was, 
But there were distributors who were using the leaked material to sell their games. Yeah. It was left up. Like, they, so I, I didn't understand, like, why you would ask somebody to, re- like, you're, you're asking one of your distributors, you're not asking your, one of your distributors to remove the image, but you're asking us. Like, that was, that, I didn't understand that. And, and, like, I've literally never gone out of my way to search for leaked images uh, or, like, to ask people to leak me anything. I've told people not it. to leak me stuff. I, I have had people send me stuff, and it's just I don't feel the need to share it. But now if something goes literally public on Pinside, because I think that is where I've gotten anything that's come out, yeah. yeah, it's an online web forum for the pinball community. At that point, I'm comfortable sharing it because it's, it's, it's out, out there. there. It's public knowledge. Yeah. Now, there have been a couple things over the years sent to me privately that they didn't come out because I don't need to do that. It's cool to see it. I'm glad. You know, it's whatever. But that's just like it's I enjoy talking pinball with you, man. That's what the show is. Sometimes we bitch about a few things here and there. For the most part, we're just happy to talk about pinball. And <laughs> yeah, I want to know what's coming next because I want to know if I need to financially plan for it, essentially. But that's about it. Well, wait, how did you get on that? How did we get on the topic of uh Stern not liking us? Uh Stern not liking us. I don't know. Maybe dealing with like customer service issues oh, when we need something. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. I, but again, bottom line, we've all I've always been taken care of with by Stern. With like any issues I've had, they've eventually got me taken care of. Um, I think you've been treated the same. I, I've I've had uh, good experience with them. I had a I had yeah. an issue on the Avengers with my portal disc, and you know they were really helpful. I had something happen on oh uh, something else, and yeah, I mean I've yeah I've I've found them to be helpful, but I you know I don't know. I mean I feel like yeah. If any I relationship have, I had with them that was an issue was more of a, like their social media team and yeah, you know that was same here. That's all it's been. Uh, there's a ton of awesome people that work at Stern. I enjoy the games. I appreciate how fast they can manufacture things yeah. consistently. Um, I did have this has nothing to do with Stern quality control or issues. It was just something interesting. Like from time to time, something breaks as an operator that you don't usually see. Um, I had a couple players on Iron Maiden one night. Uh, text me and they're like hey the right flipper's not dropping all the way back down and they were it was some league players doing some makeup games and i was like yeah i'll be right there and they're like no no it's still working it's okay and i was like no like just leave it i'll be right there because i assumed it was just gonna be a broken spring yeah you know like when it doesn't return all the way and instead one of the screws holding on the flipper coil stop oh yeah had snapped off into the flipper plate yeah and then the second screw held but because of the lack of support on the other side, the coil stop itself had like literally snapped, but was still wedged into the coil. So it wasn't like the usual, like where the stop part just bust the weld. It was like just wrecked. It was crazy. So I was really glad I went down there to check it out, but I had all the parts on hand and I fixed it in like 30 minutes, those, but that was just something new. Those. So I've had <laughs> this, maybe this is just shows how much I played my games. I've had those, so my understanding is that the new plates that they're using for the flippers are not tapped. So they use Interesting. they use tapping screws screws to attach those. And I think that the problem is is that in doing that they're over torquing them, or they're not okay. they're not over torquing them. They are torquing them as much as they need to torque them. But the yeah, screws are really not tight. rated. To do that. And so I take the, I take the, 
And this is for the coil stops. I take those screws out and I replace them with ones from old um, flippers from like WPC games. Okay, so that's what I ended up having to do because yeah. I didn't have any of those screws on hand. Yeah. And they worked and they fit, yep. which I was really excited about because yep. uh, I needed an Allen wrench instead of one of my nut drivers to tighten it. But I had one. Um, yeah, so the adventures of uh, operating games. I got a broken sling rubber I need to go change out on Iron Maiden that I saw last night. Uh, oh, you know what? Here's a, here's, yeah. a, here's a little pro tip from a non-pro. The upper left flipper on Avengers, it doesn't have a post to protect the tip of the flipper. And yeah, so I've so seen you, you got to put the extra loose part of the rubber there. Yeah, so a lot of people have had issues with that flipper rubber breaking from the ball hitting it. I had some super bands, I think that's what they're called, and I I think that's what they're called. They're the ones that are like Yeah, I use super bands too on that game. Yeah, they're like really they're the ones that are really hard to put on. Like I still have a scar mm-hmm. from putting one on. But I put one on yeah. for that upper left flipper on Avengers, and it and it has been solid for. In the first, I think month or maybe it was two months of that game, I went through the original factory stern rubber, and I went through two or three Titan rubbers yep. on that upper flipper, and then I put on the super band, and I've had no yep. issue since then. So yeah, put a super band. Don't put them on your regular flippers because they aren't that great. But that upper left flipper or an exposed flipper like that, the super bands. They hold up pretty well. Tommy, I have to go, man. I have to get ready to go pick yeah, up my daughter. Yeah, I got to eat some lunch, man. <laughs> um, it's all good. It was uh, it was good to talk to you and uh, play some play a lot of Godzilla. And Yeah, I, can, I plan um, to uh, stream it, This Flippin' Podcast, oh, awesome. twitch.tv slash This Flippin' Podcast, uh, probably tomorrow, which is Thursday, October 14th. I've got the uh, overlay all made up. I just got to hook up the rig, which I keep down at the bar now because it's mobile. And... Uh, I will post that to YouTube sometime this week. And we have more stuff to talk about because we didn't even talk about Cactus Canyon. Big news out of we we did Chicago not. Gaming and Company. Expo's coming up. Um, I am on fall break next week, so I will bring my computer up to the lake with oh, me. Oh, nice! And I have almost no plans at all. all right. So we can we can do an episode this week and an episode next Let's week, and then maybe something after Expo if there's anything cool. Up there. Let's see if we'll, we'll um, maybe we'll try to maybe we'll try to get a guest or something. Yeah, we'll see if Dr. Phil's doing some shit. All right, man. All right, Tommy, it was good to talk to you. Catch up, and I will uh, talk to you soon, man. Later, everybody. Later.
addiction. Living my brain. With me every day. Drives me insane. I feel in my heart that if I had a gun, Yeah.